Hello! Welcome back to the Keeping It Together podcast. I'm Sabrina. And I'm Alyssa, and welcome to episode 3.7! Season 3 has been, wow, jam-packed with everything and anything. And I'm here for all of it. It's been, I mean, season 3 is happening in 2020, and 2020 has been the wildest year yet. But we're really excited about the season and where we're at. I feel like we have so much momentum now. I'd like to think we're experienced podcasters. And I would <laughs> say so. We've done we, a live show. We go to a studio. We and we put in we the are, We are on the journey to episode 100, which will be the final episode of this season. Wow. Look at that time. Can you believe? We are literally uh, 13 episodes away. From 100. I have no idea what we're going to do for it, but we're going to do something really cool. Whatever it may be. A giveaway. A show. Something. I don't know. Maybe a live Instagram show. Ooh. Let us know what you think. Let us know what we should do for episode 100. We definitely want to brainstorm and do something to celebrate. But before I go into too much of another tangent... We have a very special guest with us today. You all know her. You all love her. We talk about this bitch all the time. It's our roommate, our best friend, and my sorority sister, Kelsey Hoy. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me on, guys. Welcome back. Um, We are doing another virtual recording today. So for those of you listening, all three of us are in our apartment. We are all in separate rooms. Yes. But we doing it. We doing the damn thing. Well, we've interesting. Well, today's episode is what we were supposed to continue from season two. It's Conspiracy Theories Part Two! <laughs> well, before we jump into all the fun theories, we do this every week, Kels. You know it. You love it. It is What's Your Struggle? Your struggle. Oh. Whoa. That's okay. No synchronization, but... All right, Kel, we're going to kick it off to you to start this segment. You know this. You love this. We're talking about all the lows that have happened this week, something that was a struggle, whatever it may be, the first thing that comes to your mind. So, Kelsey, what is your struggle? Wow. I think it would just be like what I think everyone's struggling with quarantine is that learning that drinking in your home can get escalate quickly because all you have to do is <laughs> your head. You black out real quick. <laughs> you can. That's a scare. I, I definitely blacked out the other day. We we had a nice little fun um Friday night, just us. It was very simple, but like, yeah, that's a big struggle, like realizing you can just drink so quickly because if you just have a bottle and you're not well, like saying yeah. drink after drink. Yeah, and like normally when you buy your drinks, you're like, this is getting expensive. Can't black out tonight. But here it's like, nah, I paid for this. We're fine. It's <laughs> only $40 for a handle of Tito's. Oh, and, man. and you make your specialty drink, which is the best, um, just truly in vodka. That's Take amazing. a truly or a seltzer, mix it up together. That shit's amazing. Oh, it's so Yeah, dangerous. you guys really were, uh, really liked those on Friday. They were good. They were so good. They were very much needed. Let me tell you, it had been a week. Yo, oh, you're telling me. Sabrina, what is your struggle this week? Oh, wow. Okay. I know. We haven't asked our own struggles in a while. So I know. It's a really good moment. Uh, I mean, I guess my biggest struggle this week is just adjusting back to everything again. 
So I'm officially back in New York. Uh, things are in the works to have the gyms open here. Some gyms are open, some gyms aren't. Uh, so I had been in trainings for the past two weeks. The first week I did all Zoom calls in, which was an experience. Um, and then this past week I was at the gym like every day this week, like nine hours a day. So going from not really doing much at all uh, to mm -hmm. having to like go, 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 go again, my body is like, excuse me, what are we doing? Uh, and I'm just, I'm laughing at myself because I used to do this stuff before, like every day, all the time. Like I was good no. to go, go, go. And this time around getting back into it, it kind of knocked me on my ass a little bit. So like on well, Friday also, night, when you all, it's when also you all went to, when, when you all went to Scott's um, to go hang out with him, I I think I sat on the edge of the couch and then like laid back, like I was still in my work clothes and everything. I think I laid there for like an like thirty minutes because I was having an internal debate of what to do next, and I just finally came to the conclusion of we're just gonna shower, we're just gonna eat. And whatever yep. happens, happens. Yeah, but it's also hard because you didn't really have, like, a middle ground transition, right? Like, it had been probably, what, six months since you were go, 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 because yep. not only is it out of New York, you know, New York is uh, a pretty hustle and bustle type city, but it, when you go from somewhere like that to a place in, like, the country, um, like, <laughs> yeah. where it's like contra life or something. I I don't know what that's like, but I've been there, so I get it. It's you have to, you know, cut yourself some slack. Like it's okay that your body is like, oh my god, what's going on? Because it just it takes a minute to get back in the swing of things, and you're gonna get there. Yeah, you will yeah. with time, and that's the be the beauty of this is there is a lot of time to still get back to it, and you're not the only one that's going through this. Oh yeah, it was it was a big conversation this week that there were a couple of us that really hadn't worked throughout this quarantine. Some of the coaches they uh they continue to do personal training sessions, but uh everybody else we uh <laughs> we we all agreed we were doing nothing and then then we were just getting up early, doing the damn thing, having to remember all the little bits and pieces to running the gym again. Um mm -hmm. So, and I forgot how much there is to remember, but we'll get back to it. We'll get back into the swing of things. Yeah. You'll be there. Period. My, you'll get there. The adjustment period is a good period to be in because there's usually other people along there with you. So you're not alone. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my struggle this week has honestly been my work-life balance. I haven't had a struggle with work-life balance in a while. Because I've been doing a really good job with it. But man, this week was just a rough one with it. I was working a lot later. And I think everybody has said this when like you're after Labor Day weekend. Like everybody that I know is always like, what day is it? What's going on? Like, I don't know, Kelsey, I know you probably felt that way too. Coming back to work after Labor Day. Yeah, I feel like everyone was kind of thrown off by that losing that day and I don't know why yeah. it all the difference but it definitely like I it, it fucked with everyone's juju this week it fucked with everything and it just made things like 10 times harder and I was like why do I feel like I'm backtracking just to get where I want to be like just so I get to be on the right day and man I still feel like I'm playing catch up but we're getting there we getting there we're keeping it together 
eventually, well, eventually it'll be the correct day. I don't know what day is the correct day, but you know what? It's Sunday here, Wednesday when y'all are listening to this. So at some point, I'm gonna get it right. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. Well, I mean, tomorrow's gonna be a full week. So there you go. There you go. So maybe tomorrow. Well, let's jump right into it. We have a lot of conspiracy theories we want to talk about here. There's been so much that has come up. And I feel like in quarantine, people have actually have the time now to look into some of these. So yeah. I'm excited to talk about them with our resident conspiracy theory expert, Ms. Kelsey Hoyt. So let's jump into it. We have the first one to talk about. Everybody knows and loves Jeffrey Epstein and the Hollywood child sex trafficking scam going on right now. Yes. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Jeffrey Epstein was definitely doing some child sex trafficking. But trying to figure out who has been linked to it is sketchy. I mean, we did get flight logs and everybody's jumping to the conclusion that if you're on the flight log, you instantly are a child sex trafficker. So a lot of celebrities have gotten in trouble. Like Chrissy mm-hmm. Teigen, for example, she made her Twitter private and she deleted a lot of people. Well, she and she even publicly came out there and said when she was going to that island, it was for a photo shoot. It wasn't for anything else. Um, and that's the problem is that there was a lot more hidden than we realized. People want to just jump to canceling someone so immediately. And it's like, well, you can't really cancel them immediately because none of us knew what was going on until Jeffrey Epstein got arrested. Like nobody yeah. really knew what it was until all of it exploded. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you've watched uh the docuseries on Netflix, uh, but I watched it a couple oh, a couple months ago. And I mean, he had some cases of people that came forward back in like the nineties, early two thousands, of these young women who came forward and accused him of uh Yep. sexual assault but it never really took off until you know when he finally got caught mm-hmm. Kelsey what do you think of all of this well it's just always interesting to me I like by no means would I say I'm an expert on conspiracy theories I've always just been very interested to see how they do kind of show like strains in like modern society because you know conspiracy theories thrive in a um thrive during crisis um mm-hmm. when people are scared and they feel a lack of control over situations conspiracy theories come from the desire to make sense of those situations yep. so it's something that kind of gives people kind of comfort but with this like you kind of see too it's like the mix of like the outrage like we mentioned in the past episodes with like the elite and like how basically if you make so much money you basically get away with murder so the fact that Jeffrey Epstein didn't get his like proper due diligence and now that we're on top of it seeing like I think we've already proven like you guys said that like this happened but there's just like no person to really pay for what happened if that makes sense because mm-hmm. like even in that Netflix documentary series Jeffrey Epstein got the final fuck you because he died and gave away all of his assets allegedly died. died. Yes, uh, yeah, I allegedly. Would, I would say allegedly because you know when and I don't I don't want to go deep into you know Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself that whole thing uh but you know there you know he was carried out his body was carried out the ear doesn't match up on the dead body and a picture and you know you have all those things and then I actually saw a photo I don't know how real the photo is because it was on the internet 
but it was somebody flew a drone over Epstein's Island and there is a man that is leaning on a car and he's like looking up at like the drone that's taking pictures. And this man is very, very similar looking to Jeffrey Epstein. I wouldn't doubt in my mind that uh, instead Jeffrey Epstein just escaped to his island. But I mean, it's a shitty thing. We'll never I don't think we'll ever really know for sure. So, no, and that's, you know, when you get to be that elite and that high when it comes to having power and money, it's very easy to hide that type of shit. So there's a lot of people who want answers. And unfortunately, I don't think those answers are going to come from that. But what I do think is interesting to see is probably over the last like two or three months, I've been seeing these things on TikTok and on Instagram and Twitter and everywhere saying how Hollywood is about to get really exposed really quickly. There's this whole, either it's, there's a lot of different sources saying what it's going to be, but either a documentary, a expose article or something detailing out all of the people who have been involved in child sex trafficking, whether it has been from the physical act, watching, getting pictures, getting something. And it's like wild. They haven't released on when this is coming out, but all these people are saying like, just you wait, it's about to get really bad really quickly. I mean, I feel like it has to be soon, right? Because and I can't freaking remember to say her name ever. I want to say Ghislaine, but I know it's not Ghislaine. It's Ghislaine. Ghislaine, Ghislaine Maxwell. <laughs> Ghislaine Maxwell. You know, she gave the list of people who were who were involved in this, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so allegedly. It has to be revealed soon. Um, well, 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 here's the thing is, that's very misleading, and that's what the issue with all these conspiracy theories are, is that there is a ton of fake sources and fake information being passed along, but because, like, everything that in her case is still sealed, the issue with this now is, like, it's a civilian case against Ghislaine Maxwell right now, and the feds are trying to take over this case over with the whole FBI case wrapped around it, and if you want to, like, I've flipped through, like, I'll, I'm always interested in, like, the actual, like, the court notes and what was said during court. And, like, the things that are being said are insane. And this is, like, a big event that requires big explanations. And there's just a lot of confusion around what's happening. And I feel like mm -hmm. it's not super surprising that people really want answers. And that means connecting dots incorrectly at times. Yeah, so and I, I, feel like, I feel like when all this does come out, there's going to be so many questions and it's almost like if, if they were to release this now before this really influential presidential election, I feel like it's just going to get lost in the chaos and nobody wants this to get lost in the chaos because we need to know because unfortunately mm -hmm. with cancel culture and things, if these people were truly involved with child sex trafficking, they deserve to be canceled. Yeah, absolutely. But at the same well, time, it's also turning into a witch hunt. Yeah, Where if your name and like innocent until proven guilty isn't really a thing in this country anymore, especially in terms of cancel culture. Oh, yeah. The fact that like if your name even falls into like the zone, like cause I found this like and I love my dad to death, but my dad is normally the first person to like believe in the fake news posts. So oh. like there's one where it showed that Will Ferrell was there and I'm like, I fucking highly doubt. Will oh, was in, the man in Elf, I, I don't know. And, and <laughs> I about that so hard. So, um, exactly. So that's why I think it's really important. Like, cause this is like an absolute heinous crime and it needs to be treated seriously because it's so like, 
the poor yeah. the people who were subjected to this is just it's beyond not okay mm-hmm. and they require justice but the issue with this is like instead of doing this like the correct way and with the court proceedings everyone's got their torches and pitchforks and like yep. whoever's name shows up when any of Ghislaine's documents I'm sorry you're you're in for a rough few months <laughs> Well, not just a few months, I think a year or two. Well, yeah, Alyssa, you know, it's funny that you mentioned before that they're not really going to do much with this before the election because, you know, it's going to get lost. However, I don't know if anybody was watching the news like I have been forced to watch the news because my father watches the news every morning. Um, A couple weeks ago, uh, I don't know if you guys heard of the group QAnon. Uh, is it canon? How do you pronounce this word? It's Q, it's QAnon. QAnon, okay. And President Trump was like, oh, like he, he didn't, he didn't say the group was wrong. He didn't say the group was right. He was like, oh, I've heard of that group. I hear they like me very much. And then that was it. And by him not saying no, him saying yes, he's kind of given these people the okay go. Now, QAnon has actually, I believe, been listed by the FBI as, like, a seriously, like, I think maybe, like, a terrorist group. I don't want to say terrorist, though. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing with QAnon. It's a far-right, it's a very, very, very far-right conspiracy theory. But the problem is there's no evidence or facts saying that this thing exists. Exactly. Exactly. Um, But, I mean, since we're talking about the Jeffrey Epstein Sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. QAnon kind of wraps into it. It does. Hundred um, percent. I was doing a little bit of research and some videos that I was actually finding on QAnon. They're dated around like a year ago, three years ago, and you know I feel like I'm really hearing about it now. And I also heard maybe about it around the 2016 election because if we want to throw PizzaGate into there as well. But QAnon as a whole, they started on Reddit. Uh, it was somebody who called themselves QAnon. They were pretty much on there saying, hey, I'm in the government. Like, there's people high up in government. That's There's a sex trafficking ring, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump, he's going to come to office, and him and Rob Mueller are going to save us all from the, from the pedophiles. Oh, uh, the fact of... So that's how you know it's far right. And because it's for Donald Trump, when uh, Donald Trump has not really made a good case that he is uh, not a pedophile in any way, shape, or form, because well, exactly, he, he said some pretty inappropriate things about his own daughter when his daughter was clearly underage, and pretty, it's pretty upsetting and disgusting. Um, but if we want to look at where QAnon erupted from and when it erupted from, it erupted kind of in response to the 2016 election. Mm-hmm. And it's also erupting right now in response to the 2020 election. It is. You know? It is. It's definitely a response type of movement, not a expose movement. I think, I think it does tie in with obviously what's going on. But I think back to what Kelsey said too, like, it's so hard to prove what is actually a fact or what is actually a thing now. Versus mm-hmm. not so even with Pizzagate, even with this, it's so hard for me to grasp what is oh, real yeah. and what's fake, and, yeah. and especially with like this whole 
sex trafficking ring going on, like we know it's really, really bad. And we know that there are some really uh, powerful people involved in it, but it's very hard to believe now what is actually true and what is false. I mean, just fake news in and of itself is so hard to distinguish what's real and what's not. It doesn't even matter what website it's coming off of now, because even certain credible websites are posting opinion pieces and these opinion pieces are now getting credited as like a a factual thing you can read for news or for whatever else. And now it just makes it so much harder to go through all the rubbish and all the noise to figure out what's Mm. right and what's wrong. And the whole thing too, is it's like Pizzagate was totally debunked back in like 2015 and oh, the yeah. issue, like the issue with this too is because like even West Point just published a paper on this like their anti like terrorism because they did consider a lot of these people like they don't haven't considered the organization as a whole but like most of the far right domestic terrorists do affiliate with QAnon and mm-hmm. the thing is it's like you, the way they kind of like look at this because none of the thing the theories a lot of these people believe on this far right of the ideology are even like they're not based in fact they're really out there but like it's it provides an explanation to them that allows them to preserve their own beliefs mm-hmm. during certain times and they really t- turned to them when they felt powerless so I it's think, something that's kind of fueled them like and i think this I mean, is a good this. transition i think this is a good transition into our next theory because a lot of people are trying to take comfort in the current global climate with coronavirus with quarantine and everything And there's been a new conspiracy theory that's come out that COVID is actually a test of biomedical warfare. And that to me is a very interesting one because we're, we're living this right now. Like we're, everybody is going through this. Not one person is not going through quarantine or coronavirus Mm -hmm. in the country. And the thought of this even being a test of biomedical warfare is insane. Oh yeah. 110%. Um, because I've, you know, I've, I've heard somebody talk about this theory. Uh, Kelsey before. and I talk about it all the time. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, and I've read a lot of articles on it. Like, Dr. John Grohol, he's the editor-in-chief of Psych Central. He just stated in um, his August article that people who feel alienated from modern society, which is more complex and difficult to navigate in the face of new technology, are more likely to turn to these conspiracy theories, especially in times during covid so that they can easily just be like, okay, like, this didn't happen naturally. Because, like, the biggest thing is, like, a lot of these conspiracies also, like, stem from from our own existential dread of, like, knowing mm-hmm. the human condition. We all know we're going to die. So, in our heads, it's like we can justify moving forward and doing something if this was man-made rather than this just being a virus and something that just happens. Because people would rather believe it's people someone had control over this and the Mm -hmm. fact that nobody had control over this right i mean regardless of whether or not it was man-made or it's real it's still a fucking virus like it's still here it's still killing people so regardless of where it came from but but no like that's where you're missing the point because it's what yeah i know what you mean people want to believe that this virus was more so man-made that nothing like this could actually actually happen Actually, that's not the theory. So the oh. the largest one circling the largest one circling around is that coronavirus was a natural virus that stemmed from global climate changes, but started in China. And when everything happened, the conspiracy theory stemmed from the fact that 
coronavirus really erupting on the West Coast. And the West Coast is usually a main entry point for people who come in from China. It's easier to go from Hong Kong to LA than like Hong Kong to New York because you can do a direct flight. So the theory was a group of Chinese scientists put people who were asymptomatic on a plane and sent them to different places around the world. They sent them to the US, they sent them to places in Europe, they sent them everywhere else so they could see how people deal with a mass virus heading out to their country. Would they, would they shut down and go insane or would they be able to contain and control the virus? Because that's what biomedical warfare is. It's spreading either a man-made or a natural virus and letting mass chaos ensue. So uh, the, theory, the theory came from the fact that this, the first places who were quarantining were LA and Washington and all places on the West Coast. So people are saying like, okay, did this actually happen? Were pe- they actually sending people? Were they sending more people than before? Because people were even looking at flight logs and looking at how many people were traveling from, um, what is the city coronavirus erupted in? Somebody knows this. Wuhan. 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 Wuhan does actually have some business needs there. There are people who have legitimate corporate business dealings there. So they were looking at flight logs, looking at people coming from Wuhan, China, and there was a big uptick in them over the last couple of months, which is what stemmed the theory. So it's like, it's for people who want to believe it, they're like, oh, this clearly makes sense because there were flight logs that show more people were coming over and coming into America, which then stemmed a lot of the racism from this virus as well. And from all of the hate crimes that have even happened here in New York. Wow. So, okay. Now, now that I was patient and I heard the whole conspiracy theory, uh, I have to say that that's fucked. Um, it is fucked I, up. It's fucked up. Um, I mean, if that is true, the U.S. is fucked. Uh, <laughs> I feel like we handled this so poorly. Um, yeah. I think wow. I, it's it's a really fucked up theory. There's a lot of other theories going around of like different versions of biomedical warfare, but that's the one that's considered the most popular right now. Yeah. Some people even think Bill Gates himself is the one behind the virus. Like, Oh oh yeah. Imagine spending like your whole life, like trying to help a bunch of people and just a group on the internet is like, nah, you're evil. It just ruins it all. And it's just crazy to even think some people would think something like that. It's like, whoa, Bill Gates is harmless. He's pure. Leave him alone. Oh, no, this was hilarious. So this is over the 5G bullshit. So there was a post going around in, like, March, and Bill Gates actually had to delete Facebook for a bit to, like, just the post that was circled around in March because it was bad because this post claimed that the coronavirus was a fake disease used to disguise 5G-related damages, and that Gates created it to control the world. And Bill Gates <laughs> has been fighting to um, kind of, like, be like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that is so... It, that, that, to me, is so ridiculous because I feel like if you really wanted to take over the world with a virus... You would pick a virus that was more like I'm not. I'm not trying to say that the coronavirus isn't dangerous and it's not like it's just you have a lot more people that are asymptomatic than have symptoms. Well, so that's the point. That's the whole point of this one is that you don't want something where people have symptoms because if you have symptoms, you're you're more inclined to stay home. If you're asymptomatic, you're out and about and running around and 
on the subway, walking around, going to restaurants, going wherever and spreading it. And that's where, that's the scariest part of it. And people don't realize too with, with coronavirus statistics and whatnot, we don't know what it would have been like had we not quarantined and shut down. We only know what it's like from having taken the precautions we needed to. And it's still really bad. I mean, it's bad. I think, what, was Sweden the only country that just, like, didn't shut down? Oh, no, but well, so they did well at first, and then now they're just going downhill. Kelsey, though, you were saying Iceland has been the country that has really been able to tackle this and get rid of it, essentially. Like, they are a COVID-free country now. They are, and, like, whenever the, they had a few outbreaks recently, just because um, they had a lot of people coming back who were studying abroad, but Iceland's also a country of, like, 300,000 people. It's the size of Kentucky. But what they did was, like, they took everything seriously. Like, they said, we're going to shut down for a month. Um, They required everyone to download this app on their phone for tracking to make sure that their medical response teams can track who was coming in and out they didn't ban u.s tourists until june because those were their only cases they found out because of the app was that the only people who were getting people sick were these american and european tourists so they kind of cut tourism down a lot which was a huge hit on their economy because tourism does a lot for iceland um but for the most part, like, my friends who live in Iceland are telling me, like, they go, they're allowed to have gatherings of 200 people, they go wow. to restaurants, they go out, like, bars are open, life is pretty normal, except for the fact that people can't travel in and out freely. I mean, I would be okay with having that in the U.S., like, I'd be yeah. fine staying in New York State if, if it meant that we were going to kick this thing, like, if everybody were just to stay in their home state for a month. I think even that would just do a world of good. And the reason they're okay with it is yeah. they don't look at it like this is a loss of freedom. They're like, because they, they think of themselves as a collective. They're like, we're, we're in this together. And we're going to, the reason we're giving up doing what we want now is so we can do whatever we want in the future sooner, you know? And, and I think here is like, we're all individualistic thinkers and they're like, this is not going to inconvenience me or not hinder what I want to do in this moment. Yeah. And I think that's one of the interesting things that have stemmed from this theory is that another theory that came out is that governments were going to be overthrown based on biomedical warfare, because when it comes to larger countries like the U S here and kind of what we're going through People are really over the government. People are really upset and they're ready for a revolution. Like, I truly think if Donald Trump is elected again, our country is going to revolt. Like, hands down, something, there is going to be a war of some sorts. And And that's one of the theories that have come out of this theory is biomedical warfare not only is used for a mass killing, but is used for a mass destruction of infrastructure. I mean, I mean, you're right. I feel like in the past couple of months, being in this COVID virus, uh, COVID, not COVID virus, uh, you've seen the country fall apart. It's fallen apart in numerous different ways. And us being forced to go indoors, to not be able to go anywhere, uh, we were forced to look at what the hell is going on. And our, mm-hmm. our country's broken in a lot of different ways. Yeah, um, I think we kind of all knew, but we were too busy with our own lives to really take notice of it. You we know? neglected the things we needed to take care of. 
we kept pushing them to the side like they were old news and mm -hmm. now we're learning how to really deal with them but before i derailed too much into what a shit show our country is I think we should move on to the next theory, which I actually believe in this theory because I saw the shit happening on my phone. Everybody is very much well aware of all the TikTok conspiracy theories, specifically with spying and hacking phones. Um, mm -hmm. Some of them have actual factual proof behind it that TikTok apps are doing this thing. And Kelsey was the one who introduced me to this. And it was actually the reason I deleted TikTok from my phone. So what was nuts is they were, so basically the way TikTok was set up and like the way the app developers built it was that like it was violating privacy policies on phones that you normally take, like what they're allowed to kind of like run in the background. So I always take everything with a grain of salt when we first hear these things, because like, I feel like our privacy on our phones has been... <laughs> that's very important to me and I feel like that's something it's like something really hard to kind of override but if you go through and watch a lot of videos when the app was first developed a normal app like zip file size is relatively small and it does run in the background and that's what what's great about Apple's privacy settings is it lets you know like hey this app is trying to monitor like your location set settings 24 7 like and that was an instance with like Pokemon Go and that blew up in like 2016. Mm -hmm was that like people were allowing it to like monitor everything and where you were going and just being the US being the country it is it's always paranoid when another country is able to kind of map out and detail yeah. everything where we're at um but with TikTok what was concerning for me was the fact that it was saving your clipboard so that's anytime like you do like a copy paste or like anything that you're typing into a text message and it was saving that information and reporting it to the app. And that's why the app also won't let you watch videos without logging in because they want to collect your data. If you if you don't let them kind of collect your data and the terms and conditions, they don't even want you on the app. They mm -hmm. don't want you being a not a, like a present person. Well, and, and then the Android shit, all that stuff that happened too. Yeah, and there's this great like it's a New York Times article if like anyone wants to kind of get further into this funnel it was published on January 8th and that's when it like the New York Times like exposed all these like security flaws and vulnerabilities within the app but it's also like it's just something like I at first like I was very skeptical of this one at first just because it's like mm -hmm. Trump has been again like anti-China since he got into office like and started a trade war and whatnot. So I was very skeptical of this at first. But then once I started seeing, like, not only how customized my feeds were to me and my interests. Like, and I knew that was just me from video sorting. But, like, stuff that I started typing in text messages or Google searches I was doing. Not even, like, on the app were kind of being pulled in. That's when I was like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> oh yeah, I got I got really freaked out with it because my phone started spazzing and doing stuff without me actually touching the screen, and that's what's been happening to people with Android phones. People were watching their phones, scroll and go into text messages and look at old pictures and look at old stuff on their phones, like their phones were legitimately being controlled. And then people were getting all of these spam text messages and phone calls, and even I noticed I was getting that. What really did it for me and really made me believe it too was actually from work. So from an advertising perspective, there oh, have yeah. been numerous POVs that have come out. And for anybody who doesn't work in advertising, 
we usually adhere to this thing called IAB. It's Integral Ad, um, what's the B? Integral Ad Bureau. It's kind of like a governing body for advertising of like, these are kind of the do's and don'ts. And they also set a lot of precedents and standards. And to be an advertiser for us to like purchase, right, your site so we can put an ad on there, you usually need to be IAB certified. TikTok is not IAB certified. And that's what, got me thinking, okay, this is actually a problem because they're not going to adhere to the standard advertising policies. And by not doing that, I not only don't want to be on there and purchasing that in my job for my clients, I don't want to be on that as a consumer because that means they literally don't care about any privacy to yourself. No. And they actually, in February, the federal trade commission, um, filed a, um, a grievance against TikTok because I forgot about this altogether. A majority of consumers on TikTok are children under yeah. 18. So yep. they actually violated the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act. What? Yeah, they violated it, which requires oh and online companies to direct children under 13 to get parental consent before the companies collect personal information. So they were collecting personal information on children. Oh, and yeah. so they had to pay out $5.7 million to settle this. Oh, my and God. That's also why they don't adhere to IAB standards is because IAB standards has very strict and specific advertising guidelines and bylaws for advertising to kids. Not Especially, only what you yeah. send, but, like, actually what your advertisement needs to say. So mm. all of a sudden, there's all these brands who are advertising on there. And I'm very thankful my clients don't. And they're very much in line with the POV my agency developed of like, we're just going to wait and see what happens because there is just so much negative news out there with not just the privacy settings and your privacy and data, but from that advertising perspective of like, they're actually violating things that we shouldn't be violating because it's wrong and it's immoral. Yeah, no, it's not brand safe. <laughs> Man, <laughs> we I... not brand safe. I, you know, I use, uh, well, I, I don't know, I use, used TikTok, uh, you know, because it was at first just like for entertainment, but then, yep. you know, I've seen people on the app, like musicians and stuff like that, they blow up on there because they, because they just find the right audience. And some people have found fame from the app, but then, you know, I hear these things like what you guys just mentioned and I see some things like, yeah. I don't see any child privacy because sometimes on my app, when I'm scrolling through, I see these kids, they're like 13, 14, 15 years old, acting like really sexual in front of the camera, both young girls mm -hmm. and young boys. And it's really like, it's weird. Like sometimes I like, I'm like, why is this showing up? And I want to delete the app altogether because it's like, what the fuck is happening on here? Like mm -hmm. there's no, there's no screen. There's no monitoring. And like, yeah, I don't know. Like I've, I've grown skeptical of the app, so I haven't really been on it, you know, cause I'm also concerned about the privacy issue. And also too, I'm still unsure if the president's going to delete the app in September, if somebody's going to buy the app, what's going on with it. Well, the app's going to, it'll definitely get bought out by somebody. The president can't delete an app. Like he can't just like he say, have that and that's where people are listening to the fake news. Like, he literally can't shut down a company. That's not going to happen. I think in concept, TikTok could be, like, a really good app. Because 
it gets videos in front of people. If you, if you use the right algorithm, whatever. And some people have found success. They found a way to get their name out there on the app. It just, it needs a little bit more privacy measures. It just needs some modified security mine. measures to it. It's what? just Vine. It's nothing special or new. It's just a longer yeah. Vine. Exactly. It's and the problem, vine. the problem with a lot of these people who are getting famous, it's very short-term fame. It's not long-term fame. Because TikTok really blew up now beforehand. I thought TikTok was a very Gen Z, very younger audience skewing thing. And then when quarantine happened, it really blew up. So a lot of people have just gotten their fame now because nobody has anything else to do. Well, well eventually, yeah. eventually quarantine's going to be over. Eventually we're going to get back to our lives and that app is just going to fall to the wayside, which is kind of what happened with Vine. Vine had to shut down because people just weren't using the app, even though it was a great app. And I, I mean, think it's just like with anybody that gets famous from something that blows up on the internet, like mm -hmm. you have to keep, you got to keep doing stuff to hold on to that fame. You know, you it's kind of like one content. hit wonders with songs. Yep, exactly. So, It'll be interesting to see how TikTok plays out in the next two years. Because I think these next two years are really going to be the telltale signs of will this app be here to stay or will they um, actually shut down as a company? I guess yeah, we'll I find know. out. Well, before we have to end this week's episode, we have one other conspiracy theory we want to talk about. This came from a really good friend of ours who lives out in Denver, um, Ben, who's been on the show before. But oddly enough, and I had never known this had he not suggested it, there are a ton of conspiracy theories around the Denver National Airport. Yes, there are. And the Denver uh, International Airport conspiracy theory was like one of the first I ever heard of. I remember looking at videos about this, uh, like early days, YouTube, like maybe like 2007. Um, so when he suggested this, I was like, oh yeah. Um, so I guess like a real quick uh, spiel about it. So the Denver International Airport, it was built in 1995. Now before that, there was the Stapleton Airport that was built in 1929 and it had been expanding for years. Um, and it had more air, uh, like, runways than the denver international airport was so that was like the first thing that people were like why why are we building a new airport what's going on with this so the first theory um so yeah they were like why why is this being built um when they already so, had like a functioning airport yeah so from there just like the conspiracy theories blew up so one conspiracy theory is if you look down from the sky and you look down at all the runways the runways resemble a swastika Ooh. and i have seen some pictures and it kind of does um and that wouldn't be so strange except there's other things inside the airport that don't prove it to be too well so there's like odd artwork around the airport so first things first you have like this massive blue horse that like greets you into the Lucifer. Yeah, they, they call him Lucifer. He has red eyes and he has veins. And he's they, like legit terrifying. I like so never terrifying. He's a and, blue Mustang, so that's why it's called Lucifer. Because yeah. he looks so like the, Lucifer and he's blue. The, the exact quote that somebody said was Lucifer was not built, it has always been there, thirsting for blood. Before installation, Lucifer had taken the life of his creator. 
and his hunger for human life is insatiable. Like, this is insane. Uh, oh, so, my God. You have that. Then you have these two pieces of artwork in the airport. Children of the world dream of peace and in peace and harmony with nature. And they're both very strange pieces of artwork. So I highly recommend if you're listening to this right now to go look at these pieces of art. Because there is in the art like a Nazi. Like a Nazi with a gas mask on. And there's like children behind him. And there's a dead soldier. And it's like people have interpreted this to be some kind of warning for some kind of genocide that's coming. And they've come to that conclusion that that's coming, that there are elitists that are going to come do that because when the airport was, you know, they were, they were opening up, they uh, were burying this time capsule. Now this time capsule was made with stone that the uh, Freemasons made now if the freemasons are mentioned in anything it's instant tying it to the illuminati well also also too one of the things the airport the reason it's tied so much not just with the illuminati but with nazism the largest conspiracy theory with this is that the airport was funded and built by the new world order which is a modern day nazi organization and it's an underground society Yes, the stone that the Freemasons built actually says New World Airport Commissions. Yeah. Which is a group that does not exist. I mean, this was later to be revealed that it was a bunch of different uh, businesses that helped raise money for the airport. Mm-hmm. But at the time, people were like, oh my God. And then the mayor at the time of Denver was also a Freemason himself. And the whole ceremony for the airport had a lot of Freemasonry shit with it. Um, so people are like, this is weird. Now, beneath the airport, there is 470,000 square feet of space under the airport. And people are like, the Why? tunnels, the tunnels. So people had originally thought that these were um, not internment camps. Oh, my God. The word bunkers? is they're like the bunkers for the elite. They were saying that like oh. they were like ready for a new world order to like happen under there. Yeah. Yes. So they so they thought it was the bunkers for the elite that when Y2K was going to happen or when 2012 was going to happen, all like the elitists, the powerful people, they were going to hide underneath there. But they also, before this theory, they also thought that all that space underneath there was for the genocides. It was going to be, um, oh my God, not internment camps, concentration camps underneath the airport. They thought that those were going to be concentration camps. Underneath there because they couldn't understand what was underneath there. They thought that there was nothing. Now in 2016, the Denver International Airport, they opened it up and they're like, hey, no, like we transport luggage underneath here, like staff works underneath here. Like very functioning tunnels. Yes. So they they actually open it up to the public to tour it and everything and be like, hey, like this is a lie. Um, but yeah. Um, I think it's funny that the actual airport staff is in on all the conspiracy theories because you'll even see construction signs when they've done remodeling of things of like, this is going to, what is this going to be? A new shop, a new restaurant, a new bunker that's going to be home to the aliens. We don't know. And like, they're really playing along with it. And I think that's kind of fun with it. So it, it makes it more lighthearted because some of these theories are intense. It's, it's funny to look at this now 
because this was a conspiracy theory that was born kind of like pre-internet or pre-YouTube, pre, yeah. you know, just really getting on the internet. Because I feel like if this was moved to today, we would have so much more about it. There would be a 100%. bunch of other shit about it. Like, they'd be like, the aliens are underneath there. They're coming up. They're putting the alien blood in the vaccines. Like, they're going to do <gasps> it. Like, that's where the aliens are. Oh, um, my God. But I feel like if we go on what Kelsey has said before, that conspiracy theories, they come about of, like, you know, the lack of control or, you know, just a parallel mm -hmm. of what's going on. I mean, this came out in 1995. That was five years before Y2K. And people were crazy back then, really insistent that yeah. the world was going to end. You know, something was going to happen. I mean, when nothing happened in 2000, I feel like the conspiracy theory kind of fell off. It came back to popularity again in 2010. Somebody was like, oh, like, the elite are going to go under there for 2012. But then when 2012 never happened, uh, the conspiracy theory kind of fell off again. So... And, and it's just, a, I think that one is more of a fun one because now you have like the actual airport in and of itself and it's only come back recently because now they're playing along with it. Now they do like, mm -hmm. they do like a Halloween event with the tunnels and like shut them down at night and do like a whole haunted walk and make it that's so, so cool. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I like think that's the greatest thing to do with it because it's like, well, with all these theories, right? They're always going to be out there now with the internet. You might as well make a little money off it and have a well, little... They went $2 billion over budget building this place. I know. So that's where... And that's another theory, too, of, like, how did they go so over budget, but all of a sudden they don't owe any money anymore? Like, supposedly yeah. their debt has been paid off, so it's like, of course people are going to think there's some elite society that paid for it. Who the fuck mm. knows? I guess we'll never know. Uh, we'll never know so that I can ask them to pay my bills too. I, mean, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like twenty thousand. This is definitely a fun conspiracy theory that I'm going to encourage listeners to go and just do research about because it doesn't really tie too much into what's going on right now. I feel like the other ones we talked about today just tie too much into what's going on right now. So if it you want a little safe, if you want to read up on something interesting I, I highly recommend just going and watching videos on this and if you have tiktok please delete the app i'm all for <laughs> this one. please delete it from your phone right now well on that note we actually have to end because we are out of time kelsey thank you so so much for coming on today's episode this was a ton of fun we always love having you on the show and we love when we get to talk about this shit with you Aw, thanks, guys. I had a blast. You are the best, one of the best guests we've ever had, if not the best. Aw, shucks. <laughs> well, guys, thanks again for tuning in to episode 3.7. Once again, my name is Alyssa. I'm Sabrina. Thanks for keeping it together with us this week, and we'll see you back next week for episode 3.8. Keeping it together.